Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the lab. This is the 35th episode. Sitting with you, as always, is Lou Follenkamp, Alex Trotter, and Brandon Weirig. Um, trying something a little different today. We're using a different software for recording, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, but exciting news, Trotter actually came up with today's topic. So today, we are going to talk about time management. And how to um, shit talk. Shit talking, apparently. <laughs> uh, and then also when, like, the quote-unquote right time um, to start using, you know, belts, sleeves, and wraps. Um, so now I'm curious, Trotter, why did you want to start using or talk about uh, time management today? Well, considering you were my little late for the session. podcast. What did you say? <laughs> I said considering you were late today. Whatever, dude. My... <laughs> My one client. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I had poor time management today, so that's on me. You know, I'll admit that. Um, but no, it's just part of like my little rant uh, that I went on last week on Instagram, actually. But everyone just talks about how uh, you're you're so lucky that you get to work out, and you're so lucky that you have time in the day to like work out and stuff like that. And it's it's just annoying. Um, from a standpoint and almost like a backhanded compliment, I guess, in a weird way, too, because it's like we we all have the same 24 hours in the day. It's just how you prioritize those 24 hours is what makes a difference. So that's where the idea of this topic came about. Yeah, OK, I was kind of curious because, I mean, time management in itself is <laughs> never perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um Especially knowing Brandon over there. He's always on time. So, I mean, we all just, like, aspire to his, <laughs> his greatness. Yep. God-given. You ain't uh, 15 minutes early, you're late. I know that. Yeah, yep. that was ingrained. Shit. As my wife's rolling her eyes back there. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we get Morgan's input on this? I'm curious now. Uh, let me learn how to – let me disconnect my iPod, AirPods real quick. <laughs> now I gotta know. See if he's uh, owning up enough. A little special guest. A little special guest treatment from uh, Mrs. Weirig. Yeah. Brandon's time management. My time management skills. It depends on the subject. <laughs> That's true. It's, an, it's anything all- involved around anything. Uh huh. If it's work-related, he's great. If it's home-related, <laughs> it's going to need a couple times to be said before it'll get done. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, got to get those priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your number one priority is sitting next to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> so in terms of time management, we'll, we'll, we'll specify a little bit. Let's go time management in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. So how many times have you guys seen athletes either in between sets or maybe even before the workout when they're warming up uh, scrolling <sighs> through um, either some form of Instagram, Snapchat? Like I think one of the most like gut, like just – puts like me in a bad mood is when like I'm working with someone and they are on their phone and it's either Snapchat or Instagram. And then I'm like, I'm trying to like go through or like teach an exercise or something. And they're just like scrolling. And I'm like, this is your time. 
like if you don't want to learn it right now like that's okay but like don't waste my time yeah i i feel like that's pretty common um i feel like it's gotten a little bit partic- maybe worse like uh maybe this year i don't know mm-hmm. like kids are getting a little bit more like uh like they're bringing their phone, phone like with them over to the weight room side rather than leaving it on like the warm up area. So I'm not really sure on how. Like I guess we haven't addressed it, but it has been a thing. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. be a no phone zone. On, well, they abuse it. Some of them have like their workouts on their on their phone and stuff, true. and then it's just that turns into checking to see where their next lift is to scrolling through Instagram and Snapchat yeah. versus their during the rest period. Yeah. Yeah, and then their rest period turns into from 30 seconds or a minute into three to four or five minutes. And it's just like, oh, like, suddenly you guys have to go at the end of your workout and you never complete the actual exercises. Bingo. So what would you say would be, like, your top three things to do with your phone when in the gym? Because I I put my thing on. (laughs) Thank you. So I put my thing on, like, silence all notifications, whatever is the focus thing or whatever. I write my work up up on my whiteboard and I'm in the gym. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the whole reason Brandon put the, all of our workouts on the giant chalkboard. You know, they're like, they're pasted on there. Like you don't, it, it takes less time. If you just walk over there by the time you check your sets and your reps and like what you have to do and walk back, there's your rest period. It's like, you're, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're up there for a reason. <laughs> so, so I get what it. else it's in regards tedious, to still, yeah. What else about time management initially like sparked your interest? Um, that people uh, can't find time to go and work out or to do any of that. Um, that that drives me crazy. Like you're you're probably like you know coming home from like work or school and you're sitting there like watching TV or like on your phone scrolling, you know, like for hours that you could have literally gotten your workout done, you know, or like, uh, you know, meal prepping is like a big thing. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't take that long, like maybe an hour or two on like a Sunday and you're good for the whole week. Granted, it's, it's not the greatest tasting food because it gets a little stale and like you're, you're over it by the end of the week. But it's, it's all about like what you want to put in is what you get out of it. So you only have this short little window of like your peak athletic career, if you will, like, I don't know. Like if, like uh, if you're going to peak like in high school, that's four years. You you have four years out of the eighty to ninety that you're going to live. I'm pretty sure you can prioritize a couple things like in those four years. But I agree with that. What do you see, Brandon? No, oh, I'm actually made a post about this a couple months ago. That's probably probably yeah, probably a couple months ago. Um, like. Kind of like you were saying before, like, yes, we do have the gym right there at our disposable because that's where we work, but my job isn't to lift weights. My job is to maximize each person's potential as they walk through the gym. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sit there and complain that your nine to five sitting behind a desk job is, is holding you back, well, I mean, you can put your, if you put all our group training sessions together and you put all our private sessions together, that training time is way longer than your nine to five. So I've been on the floor on my feet for 10, 12 hours through training sessions. And then I still have to get my goals done. So, yep. I mean, yep. that excuse is the only benefit is that I don't have to drive to a gym. But if you take in the hours that I'm working longer than you, 
it should be faster for you to drive. There's probably a gym within a 10 to 15 minute driving uh, range for yeah. you to get there. So, I mean, there's really just lazy and people just want the pit magic pill. So, yep. I mean, and, and even so, like I'll not to like one up it or whatever, but ever since like I started taking powerlifting like very serious back in 2017 is when it kind of got like more serious. Uh, I never trained at a gym that wasn't an hour away at least. And that's, and that's one way, you know? So like you have to factor all those times in factoring traffic and stuff like that. But like it, it's achievable. Just nobody wants to do it. <laughs> like it, it's, it's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I know that's, Oh man, like kind of well, here, you're I saying mean, like, you're, you're a great example right now because you, you live 40 minutes away from your job. So what is that? An hour, essentially an hour and a half of drive time that like you lose every single day that you could be training. Mm -hmm. So now you got to make that up somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, that was kind of the nice thing. Like over COVID, I basically changed my garage into a gym. Yeah. So like, I really don't have an excuse to like not work out, but at the same time, like there are days I won't lie. Like I come home from work because if I just the, the day beforehand was just nightmare and I'm doing stuff at all hours of the night and then I wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm like, man, going out in the garage right now just does not seem like it. So I'll, I'll try to go back to sleep. But there are nights when I come home and I'll, I'll be out in the garage probably from like 7 until 8, 8.30 just so mm -hmm. I can get something in because I mean the, like you already said, the drive sucks, but I mean, I don't want to have to sacrifice like my own, you know, honestly physical and mental health because if I, if I don't work out, I'm cranky. You can even ask my wife. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I kind of agree with like what, what Brandon and you guys are saying with the fact that like people like, because you're a physical therapist, they're like, Oh, well you, you just must work out here all the time. And I'm like, no, like, yeah, do you, do you work out like during your office hours? No. <laughs> like, yeah, like absolutely not. I mean, at lunchtime I'll go for a walk here and there, but like, honestly, that, that clinic is where I go to treat people. And that's about it. After that, I'm either over at, I mean, honestly over at no name with you guys, mm -hmm. uh, in my garage working out or over at freedom point CrossFit, which honestly, this month has been absolutely nuts in regards to work. So, I mean, I haven't really even been over there. It's just, Living in the garage right now. Yep. Yep. And uh, I noticed it a lot too when when I was living with Brandon like last week. It's like during during those like I mean we'll maybe luck out and we'll get like an actual like full hour of like a training session that we can get in. So it, it's not even so much of that's like our time, but it's like it's our time that we don't have to think about how to fix somebody. We can just go in and we can just do it, you know? And like mm -hmm. it, as much information as we have like stored in our head, we can like kind of bounce off each other. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like he'll, he'll notice stuff like with my like running technique, he'll be like, Hey, you know, pick your toes up when you're driving. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. And like, that's it. That's all we ever talk about. You know, it's like, we're not sitting there. We're not having conversations, the whole tra training session. Like, I don't think any of us looked at our phone. The only time we ever looked at anything was our was our watch because we were going for like what whatever the heart rate stuff. So I was just trying to make sure I didn't have a heart attack and he's trying to hit a certain <laughs> heartbeat. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, I was in the danger zone. <laughs> Max heart rate. Oh yeah, I'm about twenty twenty beats over that. Cool. Mm-hmm. One thing I think that's hard for people. I mean, not not to be mean, but the laziness factor for most people. Like, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Like, how do you guys get around that? Like, what do you guys think about when when someone basically just keeps making excuses? Eventually, like enough excuses. Like. What do you guys like? What's your spiel? Yeah, I can't. We can't want it more than you. Like, you know, like we're I feel at least like we're direct representations of of what it took to to get through the 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 points in their struggle, if you will. And like show that there's like there is an outcome like to this if you just can like put your head down and go. But I mean, if you don't want to look at it that way and, and you just keep being lazy then yeah it's it's one of those where we have kids that are highly motivated so like why why would we want to waste time like chasing somebody that like doesn't even want to help themselves you know so i kind of have like a like a three strikes and you're out kind of thing like if you just keep blowing it off or um you know like i'll I'll make it in tomorrow but then like you skip the whole week like i'm gonna bust your balls and then like we'll see kind of how you respond from there. But a lot of the times like they just they'll they write themselves off before anybody else can. You know, like if you if you don't believe in yourself, like how can a coach or a college coach that's going to recruit you believe in you? Mhm. Like motivation will wax and wane, but you know, like you were already saying Brandon before you dipped out on me there. Uh kicked out. You got kicked. I did not it kick just, you out. It just shut off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, discipline, I mean, intrinsic motivation is probably one of the hardest things to develop, like, easily. Like, you got to want it, and that doesn't just happen overnight. And that's why I think, like, just general, I think sometimes general fitness as a whole is very hard to stay in, um, unless obviously you've been an athlete for years, and that's just been something that's been ingrained in you from day one. Um, but finding that, like setting a goal, even if it's small, like let's say you want to lose 20 pounds, like you got to make it fun, like make it a game, hell, make it a game. Yeah. Like, like for example, like I, I might not know your numbers. I might not know what you guys are trying to set for PRs, but like, let's say you guys are telling me you just squatted this. And then like in a month or two, let's say you added five or 10 pounds to your back squat. I'm going to compare that to my squat numbers and I'll see, well, hell, I just set 15 pound PR. So like, like intrinsically, that's going to make me want to keep going because heck, I just beat you in that one month. Why would I not want to like keep doing that? Um, and that even goes back to like the whole talk about last week when we talked about training partners. Like, honestly, I would love to hop in and work out with you guys just to see what that would even be like. Um, we could even film that one. That would be a lot of fun, actually. Um, as long as we, we got to pick something that each person is strong at, which I'm going to lose regardless there. So game off. <laughs> we do deadlift um, again. God damn it, man. You will not let me live that one down at I mean, all. Either of you. Either of you. I did that in <laughs> dress pants. Yeah. Debatable. Whatever. I know why I saw it. Whatever. No. They weren't even really considered yeah. dress pants. They're like those fancy Under Armour sweatpant looking things. Yeah. They were they're golf like two, pants, okay? $200 or something like that. Like one of your cheaper pair. What? 
Do you think they were two hundred dollar golf pants? Yeah, that's what they look like. They smell. They smell money. You want to know what that smells like? Can you tell me so I know? Yeah, no idea what that smells like. <laughs> I was gonna say you act Good as luck. if I have like money bags over here. Yeah. Jesus Christ, no, uh, no. So I think let's transition into your other topic there then. Um, so like when to start using the belt, when to start using wraps, knee sleeves, uh, maybe even like uh, the suits that you wear, Trotter. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you take that one away for us? Kind of lead us off on that. Um, I feel as if, um, because we primarily train like high school athletes, you know, middle school, high school athletes. So in the mindset that we have or the concept that we have is we're not going to use your belt wraps, sleeves, whatever, while you're training, because like it's not in your sport, you know? So why, why do you want like that crutch, if you will, um, and learn how to train with that. But then like you get out on the field or you get out on the court and you no longer have that, you know, the belt going around your waist to teach you how to brace kind of thing, like right before you get hit. So we want to strengthen you up as, as much as possible without those tools, you know, and then some of the kids that, uh, like they're in their off season and they're powerlifting and stuff like that, then, you know, I'll allow like the, the belt and then, um, knee wraps and stuff like that. Like as we're getting closer to a meet, just so they're uh, feeling it and kind of getting used to it again. But then other than that, I mean, we really don't like let them use it for the most part. Um, some of the kids do, but they're usually not in a sport or anything like that. So they can kind of just do their, do their own. Uh, I agree with that. I think one of the biggest things you can do as a young athlete, like before you're actually getting into like the belts and stuff, um, learn to breathe, learn to brace. Cause most people have no idea how to do either. And if you are automatically trying to put a belt on and you have no idea how to breathe or let alone even like utilize your core musculature as efficiently as you need to, and you're trying to add something on top of it, you're you're giving yourself a huge disservice automatically. I agree with you, especially in sport, because you're not going to be able to wear a belt when you're out on the field. Absolutely not. Unless your sport is actually powerlifting and you're in high school, then yeah, I can understand that. But most people are, are big, 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 like upper chest breathers and like trying to teach people how to breathe through their belly is sometimes a nightmare. I mean, heck even Brandon, when actually a a little, little, uh, nice thing about Brandon there when, uh, we were recording, actually I have a video we can put up for the breathing and bracing. Um, when we were going through the breathing, I asked Brandon actually to breathe through his chest and he could not do it wrong. No matter (laughs) how hard he tried, he could not breathe wrong. And it was like, this is a good figure. Right there he goes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, when your chest is already so big and barrel is mine, I don't need to fill it up there anymore. That's called emphysema, <laughs> my friend. That's that's not not skin. Yeah. Uh, he just has implants. Speaker right there. <laughs> uh, no, actually, that's 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 kind of funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he couldn't breathe. He couldn't breathe wrong. And then, but going through the bracing, the entire time we were going through the bracing stuff, Bo would just like block his ribs so you couldn't see shit. Yeah. So we're probably going to have to reshoot that one. But the other ones yeah. are good. <laughs> no. But what do you, how do you guys cue breathing and bracing? I'm curious now. Like, what are your like big, like, 
either if it's a tactile cue, if it's a verbal cue, what do you guys find that works the best for young athletes? Uh, I usually just say I need to see your lower t-shirt expand. Hmm. I mean, kids okay. wear tight enough t-shirts as it is. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, tight, tighten your stomach as if like you were in a plank. You know, so you want to brace all of that, keep it all. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, just kind of like poke on their obliques, because I mean, like it, it it took me a long time to figure out how to like brace my obliques. Like it's a it's a very minute like movement, especially when they're like weak. So like that little poke, just kind of get them to fire, kind of thing. Um, but then a lot of the younger kids, like middle school kids, they're still ticklish. It's just like, oh god. I forget like, what it was like to be like ticklish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, it, it works. Or like you kind of just like put your fingers in like on their sides and then be like, all right, like push out against my fingers. And then like once they figure that out, it's like that's what you need to hold. I, I think that's a, this actually could be like a fun talking point. So like most of the time, just talking about all the motor morons out there, when you say push out, most of the time people will like just, yeah. just drive their belly out. And like, I think one of the big things, like kind of going forward, like one of the things I like to do with a lot of the people that I see who have like either lower back pain with deadlifts or back squats is just like creating like, like almost like you're just trying to flex. Mm-hmm. And then after that, breathing into that. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, most people will maintain a solid brace. <laughs> I mean, if, I couldn't yeah. tell if you were oh. still paying attention or not, Brian, you look like zoned out on the camera. Oh, he's there. Not me. I'm dialed yeah. in. <laughs> just super relaxed. Yeah. Got a long car right ahead of me. Got to get relaxed. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm just like talking and all I just see is like this the whole time. <laughs> Why? Uh, no, I think we could make uh, some solid intros on um, breathing and bracing. I know Brandon and I, you and I went through a few of them. We'll probably start posting those here soon. Um, well, it's how far what can a, you eat, like, equally stick out your belly. So if you're, like, trying to stick out your belly, like, just, like, the front part comes out more. But if you feel right, you're going to kind of get a full expansion around your whole stomach into your obliques. Yep. So mm-hmm. I want to see almost like a complete tire, yep. in a sense, be filled yeah, rather than just your belt. how far can you, yeah. And, that, and that's Instead what you're just want trying to have a Santa belly. Right. Yeah. yeah, you want to expand your entire trunk or your entire, like, abdominal region, you know, like, mm-hmm. you you want to think like you are the belt, if you will. So like you need you to push the belt. all 360, 360 degrees out on that. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's so simple too. Like um, if anybody's ever experienced any sort of back pain and you're getting up out of bed or you're getting up off the couch or like a chair, it hurts way less if you just brace your stomach a little bit and then stand up. It's, yeah. Just carry that over to weightlifting. Like it's it's the same thing. <laughs> it's so simple. Yeah, you just got to break it down. Might work. How about knee wraps and like knee sleeves? What do you guys think of those for younger athletes? If you can't squat right, it's only going to hurt you. Like they're they're designed to to help you. Um, you know, let let's say that there's like a ten percent wave. So, like, if you know how to use them and, and, like, get the rebound and spread into them, then you can get a 10% boost on your squat, for example. I'm not saying that applies to everything, but in general. 
But if you mm-hmm. don't know how to spread and your knees still cave in and everything like that, then you're going to get 10% less out of your squat. So like you, there's a, there's a huge difference between squat with knee wraps and squat with sleeve too. Yep. Yeah. To me, I mean, you got to sit way far back and wraps to even take advantage of it, but sleeves, you can just kind of just do a normal squat yeah. and basically just get a little bounce out of the hole. So, I mean, those are two, to me, are two totally different animals. Yeah. 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 And you, you almost want to think too, like with the, with the knee wrap, um, I mean, again, it depends on what kind of squatter that you are. Um, so like if, if your knees go like more forward in, in like a squat, for example, then you kind of want to do mm-hmm. like the X, but you run the risk of if you don't set that X or that crossing mark with your, like right across your kneecap, that X is going to pull your kneecap. So like you could run the risk of like dislocating your kneecap if you don't do it correctly. So like there, there is like an injury Ooh. thing to those. And then if you do the spiral one, you want to think about getting the most um, rotations uh, around your knee, but you want to think about it from behind your knee. So you want to almost create like a tennis ball effect behind your knee so then your hamstring and your calf can sit on each other and then spring you up. So it's not about like, hmm. you know, like when when people, you'll see it with kids all the time too, like when they wrap their wrists, like they'll wrap like at the wrist joint and then halfway up their forearm. Like it's it's a wrist wrap. Like you need to protect the <laughs> wrist joint. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this supports me really well. Yeah, it's like cool, dude. You you it just looks like you have athletic tape on you right now, and it's not going to do anything. Not going to do shit. So, yeah. So, do you think maybe we should make like a demo for like knee wraps, wrist wraps? Yeah, we could do that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Put that up for people. That way they can learn how to do that prop like basically properly. Yeah. Yep. And it is <laughs> it is funny like watching the kids like figure it out like when when they when we do like allow them to use wrist wraps. I mean it's just like it's an impossible puzzle for them to figure out and all you gotta do is just crank it. <laughs> you know? But you gotta remember, I mean, they, they don't have the same kind of like knowledge that you do. Yeah, but I mean, it is fun to watch. I won't lie, but just to just to watch them like try to figure out, you know, like in their head, like okay, <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense if I go this way, but then like they get all the way done and they look at it and they're just like, oh, that that sucks. That doesn't look right. So then they redo it, you know. <laughs> oh man, I I can't even imagine like at, between you two, who has more like OCD with their wraps? Don't ever use them. So definitely not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I don't know. I, I learned from like a few people that however you put it on is how you have to do it because you Mm -hmm. want to be ready and like, um, experienced, I guess, in having the equipment like fit wrong. So then like, Mm -hmm. you know how to correct it. And it's not like a new situation that can occur. Like when you get on the platform, cause you know, like when, when the person goes like right in front of you and then, um, they load your weight, they'll say like bar is loaded. So from that point on, you have 60 seconds to get that bar out of the rack. So like if you're forgetting something or you're in a rush because like, you know, your knee wrap came undone. So you got to rewrap your knee, you know, like, and then now you got all your emotions going, 
And it's just like, oh, you need to like kind of like pump the brakes. Like I've been here before. This is how I'm going to correct it. So just little situations like that. And that's what you try to kind of get like, um, and it's just like practice. Like when you're practicing for football, basketball, baseball, soccer, whatever, you want to put yourself in situations that you may experience on the field. Because the emotional response from kids, you know, is going to change like per person. You know, some people thrive Mm -hmm. on that. Other people, like they just, they shit the bed. So you need to like put them through that in a practice. So, uh, so you kind of know like what kind of athletes you're dealing with. So when do you think is going to be like the most appropriate time for them to actually start wearing the, wearing the wraps? Um, like a, what, like, is there like, are there an age range? Is there like a, an experience level? I I think, uh, an experience level as far as I need you to do the, I need you to do a squat to the point where you can't mess it up. That's where I'm at. Like with that. Okay. Like if, if your knees are still caving in, you're not putting wraps on, you know, if you, if you can't hit depth, you're not putting wraps on because it doesn't do anything. The the wraps only work when you're below parallel, and then they spring you to parallel. That's it, and a little bit of joint yeah. support. But yep. yeah, like if if you're not hitting depth, then like I got plenty of space. Yeah, you're just I don't know. You're not doing anything to like better yourself with them. Like you just have them on just to have them on. So that's what it's. In the P2 world, as you would say, it depends. <laughs> How often do you hear me say that? Constant. Constant? I don't say it depends constantly. Okay. Yeah, maybe I do say quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is as soon as you have to add any kind of external cues or external support, you're you're almost self-limiting when you're dealing like like if you shift it to like a PT focus, you're almost self-limiting when it comes to like pain control yeah. or like even like confidence in the lift. Uh, I hate when people are like, I wear a belt, and my back pain goes away, and it's like, well, that's not good because then that means you're creating an artificial brace that isn't even maybe like appropriate or efficient. Yeah. So I think that that needs to be addressed too with most people because as soon as they form what I call like like the external crutch, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're going to be putting on way more weight than what's probably appropriate, and probably doing more harm than good. Uh, the other thing about that though is that once you start actually building up a solid base around yourself, like core wise or even like just movement pattern wise. Uh, then after that, start applying the belt back in and watch how much more you can move. It's yeah. just, I don't know. That, that, that's my uh, soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Brandon can agree too. Like, I mean, you, you hardly watch him ever put a belt on. You know, like it, it's not until like he's closer to like a 90, 95, 100% before he even considers like slapping a belt on, you know? Like I'm doing dynamics, I don't hit a bell at all. Yeah. Yep. Like Makes I'm sense. hitting like 80, 85 or five or six. That's really about it. But. Yeah. Now, now if I was to use like chains, like when I'm using chains, then I necessarily, I could probably get away with not wearing a belt. But like with bands, mm-hmm. like the band tension that I use, like I'm putting a belt on because no, 
Like, I, I need I need that little pressure. <laughs> but, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And, and it's one of those two where, like, yeah, maybe we should at some point not have, like, a seminar, but, like, have kids that, like, want to learn come in and they just watch us work out. No questions. Like, we'll take questions at the end. You know what I'm saying? But, like, if you can just – it's like going to – this is the probably the lamest uh, analogy I've ever used in my entire life. It's like going to an NFL game, and then, like, you're watching these guys practice or watching them actually play in the game, but then you you want to ask them why they did what they did right there. Like, you're never going to do that. You can ask them after the game during the press conference, but, you know, <laughs> it's like one of those where, like, like we, we are walking examples of – the programs that you guys are using, we use those. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's on purpose. Like everything that you've seen on that board, we've personally like trialed and ran it ourselves. We have all the like the the progressions and everything like that wrote down. So it's like the, yeah. these are like tried and true. We're we're never mm-hmm. going to use you guys like the kids as an experiment because you're you're not an experiment. You're you're a product of our gym. And, and of our coaching um, mythologies. So, like, that's <laughs> like, wow. I, I it, it, huh? You got really deep on us there all of a sudden. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, like, I, I myself am a big believer of like, I want somebody that has like been there, done that, walk that walk, and, and proven that this, this theory works. Mm-hmm. So, it, it takes away the the buy-in factor, mm-hmm. if you will. You know, because I mean, it, Brit- four dollar interns too. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly yeah, what four dollar interns to get on the bell squat the other week. Just because like, you <laughs> can't coach someone to that kind of discomfort. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, it, I mean, it's true though because like everybody, they'll they'll naturally start arching their back more. You know, to try to get away from like the 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 glute muscles being contracted, and it's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like you got to find a way now because you put yourself in that situation to squeeze it all the way up and through, and and like rotate your pelvis. So like, because you're you're gonna have kids that do the same thing. Like you need to be able to coach them through that. that actually, that's that's a pretty cool point. So I think what we could even do, like like Brandon, when you get back in town. Uh, what if we found some time to take the interns to like the big three and kind of have different perspectives from each of us? Like we would watch each of them do the squat, right? And then you could see the perspective of like like the physical therapist, Trotter's background in powerlifting, and then Brandon's background in speed training um, with like different movements. We could take the interns through each one of their lifts, break them down and be like, this is what we see. And then we could look at the interns and be like, hey, what did you guys see as well? And maybe they either they, they can confirm, yeah, that's what I saw too. Or like maybe they saw something different that maybe even we missed. Uh, yep. You know, you, you, if you don't know, you, you can't comment on it. So, I mean, that could be a fun, that could be a fun little uh, talk. Yeah. But I, I say we do a pretty good job of that, like uh, of daily, like as far as like the interns, mm-hmm. they'll, they, like we're kind of letting them uh, off the leash, I guess, a little bit. And they're kind of like one-on-one training, like a few of the kids that are in there. And then, like, they'll come over to us and they'll be like, all right, like, what are you seeing? And, like, how do I fix this? But then, like, both of us will fire right back, like, all right, well, what do you see? And what do you think? 
So then mm-hmm. they can kind of like, you know, use their critical thinking and like, and give them like points to look at for like a focal point, like, Hey, check this first. And then, you know, check, check their ankle mobility, work up to their knee, work up to the hip. And then now what's going on there. If all that's good, move on to the spine. Why is their spine rounding over? What, like, you know, what cue can you give them to correct that? You know, and, and not every, not like a single cue is going to fix every single kid. You got to like, you know, work that through, you know? So, yeah. and I mean, you can watch like Brandon on like the speed side of things, especially, you know, cause at, at the speed side of things, like you got to give Brandon more credit because your, your eye has to be quicker because everything's happening faster. You know, when you, when you slow down the velocity on like your max effort lifts, it's easy to see where your breakdowns are going to be to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you're running 100, 100 miles an hour, like you have to watch every little thing at a blink of an eye. You know, so that's that's where his like his trained eye like really comes into factor. Yeah, you hear that, Brandon? Isolate trained certain, eye. Yeah. Isolate <laughs> certain parts of the body, and then like whenever I was first learning, I would just go into video analysis. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the easiest way to do it. Yep. Yeah, and that's and that's the best way that I learned like from Brandon. Is because he would do video analysis and then he would break it down in slow mode all like when they were coming out of the blocks, you know, so like you have the the one um, uh, shin is at like 90, the other ones at like 130, 135, somewhere in there. You have the hips high, like all that. I was just like, this makes so much sense because he slowed it down. So then now, like when they're actually doing it, I'm like, oh, that that angle was off. This is off. You rose too quick. Stuff like that. Hmm. You're just getting compliments all over the place today, Brandon. Shit. Good day to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had to build you up after your, your wife kind of gave us the the yeah, the dirt on you. <laughs> threw me under the bus. <laughs> threw me under the bus. Yeah. Uh, in yeah, a loving she, way. She did it nicely, though. It's, it's way yeah. worse off camera. I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, true. <laughs> any other little uh bits or uh pieces you guys want to bring up with uh, either time management or uh the belts the wraps and the knee sleeves nah we'll make some videos on it speaking of time management though i gotta roll yeah you gotta get going man uh well we hope you guys enjoyed today's discussion we'll see you guys in the next episode